I'm August Howell, sports reporter for the Daily Emerald, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Jake Willard, and we're going to talk about some cross-country today. I'm joined by Mr. August Howell, sports reporter for the Daily Emerald. August, how are you feeling today, dude? I'm doing great, Jake. How about yourself? Uh, I'm not bad. I'm, I'm actually, like, we've been doing a lot of research about Oregon cross-country, both men and women, and I think we're both we're both pretty excited about what the team's been doing this year. I don't know, just a little bit of background about ourselves. I'm the engagement editor for the Daily Emerald, but I have a distinct background in Running, I've interned with FlowTrack and MileSplit and worked for TrackTown USA. And I've also done a lot of freelance work for FlowTrack and Let'sRun.com. Um, just so it sound credible as engagement editor coming in and talking about cross-country. And August, I think what this is your third year now covering running cross-country track, second year for the Daily Emerald. So you're, you're pretty experienced yourself. This has been an interesting year for Oregon cross-country, both men and women. Obviously, with the, the the leaving of Andy and Mauricia Powell to kick off the summer, uh, that was some big news. But August, what do, how do you feel that the teams have done bouncing back? Obviously, they made coaching hires, and it's been an interesting year. But how do you feel that they've they've done this year? It's been a really interesting year, Jake. Uh, I'm not sure people really knew what to expect at the start of this season, but uh, from covering the beat this year for the Emerald, it seems like on the men's side and the women's, they're both warming up to the coaches. Um, they're both implementing new strategies at practice that uh, have, they haven't really done before. You know, more mileage, a lot of more just different exercises. And it, it seems to be going really well. It seems, seems to be responding to the new uh, the new leadership, which is really all you can ask for with new new coaches. Although, you know, both these coaches, Helen Winters and Ben Thomas, they have a lot of experience. So they know how to deal with deal with new kids. Yeah. So you talked about the, the two coaches. So Ben Thomas was hired as the, on the men's side and on the women's side, it was Helen Lehman Winters. Um, both of them have pretty distinct backgrounds. August, you want to talk a little bit about Ben Thomas's background for us a little bit so that people kind of get a sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Ben Thomas, he was a distance coach at Virginia Tech for 17 years. And this is his first year at Oregon. Um, and he's coaching the men's, uh, the men's team. And so He's coached, you know, hundreds of athletes and uh, Oregon, you know, did a good job. Good good hire for them, I think. Brings a lot of experience to the table. So weird Oregon connection for Ben Thomas. Uh, Hannah Green, uh, she is a professional runner for Nike and she's on Oregon Track Club Elite, which obviously is based out of Eugene, Oregon. Um, She was coached by Ben Thomas, actually. And uh, she was a, I think she was a two-time runner-up at the NCAA 800 meters uh, obviously runner up to Raven Rogers Oregon alumni both of those years um so she she had a lot of good things to say about Ben Thomas coming to Oregon um he's had a lot of success Tommy Curtin is another name that you can throw out Tommy Curtin's has some very big performances on the national stage he was coached by Ben Thomas um so definitely a unique hire on that side and then obviously when you look to the women's side uh, Helen Lehman Winters she really stood out stood out as a phenomenal hire uh, for Oregon cross country and track and field, she was very successful. She came from the University of San Francisco, and she had been there for quite some time. And she was coming off of off of a big hot streak. She had done really good job recruiting some British and UK runners to come to USF. Um, she saw very strong performances. I believe the, the women were runner ups, uh, runner up, runners up. That's a tough one. Were runners up 
at the 2017 NCAA Cross Country Championships. And so that was really big. And she's had just had a distinct background. She's put together a lot of programs. She coached high school, Crondelet uh, High School in Concord, California. She was able to lead that woman's team to an NXN berth. Um, so that was really big. So she's got a lot of success background in her end. And she brought some runners with her, um, which is really cool. And Veronica Pajek. And um, oh, how am I going to pronounce this last name? Her... Isabel Brower. There is a Brower. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So yeah. Um, both both very strong transfers, and both Brower and Pajek have made big big jumps for Oregon women's cross country. So I think that's a good transition. I want to talk a little bit about how the women have been running so far this year. So August, what has been the biggest surprise for you from the Oregon women this year? Hmm. Well, biggest surprise I would say was winning the Pac-12 championships down in Stanford uh, just a few just last week. Um, I, Colorado was ranked ahead of them at number one, and Oregon was a few spots down. And I don't think anyone expected Oregon to go two, four, six, eight, twelve to take the title in a pretty commanding fashion with uh, Jessica Hole uh, finishing runner-up, and that was that was a pretty big development. I think the team uh, has a lot of confidence right now going into the uh, West Regionals race. And yeah, it, it's one thing you know to get a new coach and. It, I think that's one thing in running particularly that kind of gets overlooked is the connection to the coaches. Like it's it's one thing to be attached to a program, but the coach can kind of make or break your experience. And that the fact that two two students transferred uh, to continue to be with Helen uh, here at, at Oregon just speaks volumes about, you know, the relationships she has with her athletes and the, the training plans she has. So the, the women are doing really solid. Yeah, I mean, it was the biggest question I think surrounding the woman coming into the season, besides the coaching, was so it was Lily Burden and Katie Ransberg, two of the top guns for the Oregon women. Uh, they they decided to follow the Powells, and I think that speaks to the the level of the Powells coaching abilities. But they followed the Powells and they transferred to to University of Washington. Um, so and that left a lot of questions. There were a lot of gaps to fill. Obviously, they knew Jessica Hall was going to return, um, and then if you look at Susan Ijore. Uh, she was an 800 runner, and there there were rumors that she was going to run cross country, and she did, and she's been running really, really well. Um, so a lot of people sticking around and stepping up, and then obviously adding uh, Pajek and Brower uh, were really, really big additions for the Oregon women. I think that's been leading to their success uh, so far as they head into the postseason. So we talked about... So with the West Regional Championships coming up on Friday, November 9th, obviously you look ahead to that meet. This is where postseason running really comes into true form. Uh, Pac-12s was the first glimpse of it. Uh, Oregon really stepped up, and obviously after that race, the coaches poll had the woman ranked at number two in the nation. Uh, that was a big jump. I think previous to that, they were number four. Um, and there were still some question marks around the team. Obviously, Ajore did not run very well at pre-Nats. Um, I think her recent climb to the cross-country spotlight kind of got the best of her, and she maybe went out too hard. Um, and I believe she finished 61st. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, West Regionals. So that was not the performance that they were hoping from her. Yeah, 61st at West Regionals uh, for Ajore. So, but she really stepped back up at Pac-12s um, and really, really ran well. Um, so with that being said, West Regionals coming in at number two, their only main c- competitor, I think the only team ranked ahead of them right now is Boise State on the women's side. Um, and Boise State is not in their, no, is, is Boise State is in their West Region. Um, so obviously, that's going to be a good chance for them to really step up and show what they can do against that other top team in the nation. 
Um, obviously, they, they defeated Stanford, or not Stanford, they defeated Colorado at Pac-12s, and that was a big one because Colorado was ranked very highly. So Oregon, so Oregon women so far have shown that they can compete with the best of the best. And August, what do you think it's going to take for the Oregon women to really show what they're made of at West Regionals and get one of those top two auto qualifier spots? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Jessica Hull has really stepped up this year. Uh, she She's you know, the last couple of races has really, you know, put her foot down again. She like Susan was considered more of a, a track runner, a 1500. I mean, she is the reigning outdoor 1500 meter champion. And, uh, this season has, has seen her, you know, really, really blossom. Um, she was, she's finishing now where her former teammates, Rainsberger and Lily Burden, uh, usually finish, you know, in the top five. So if she can continue, to step up like that and race like that, the team will be in pretty good shape. But again, you know, this is a, a team sport and you need everyone. One through five is pretty important. So, uh, again, you know, Heizik and uh, Brower, those ladies have got to step up as well. And also, I was very impressed with at Pac-12's the performance from uh, Carmela Cardama Baez. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's she's one of the veterans of the team. Her and Jess were one of the few returners um, from the PAL era and they both stepped up to the plate but i mean i was very impressed with carmela um and her performance she finished eighth at pec 12s um she's really putting it together so i'm thinking training under helen is really going well for her right now so her stepping up has been really nice and she beat katie rainsberger who ran at pec 12 she finished 11th for uw um so i think katie's still probably probably coming back off of injury i'm not really sure maybe it was just getting back out there and lily burden for for uw hadn't raced all year and then she raced at pec 12s and she uh, definitely was back a little further than I think she had. She was 31st, so not not very characteristic for her. So maybe that's been a rough transition. But yeah, Oregon women, I think, definitely proved they don't have to face Colorado. I think Jessica Hall has a good shot to really go for that title at West Regional since she doesn't have to get into a kickoff with Danny Jones again. Because Danny mm-hmm. Jones, as we know, is really, raw track speed, really great kick. So that's that's going to be good. So it's going to be interesting to see. But obviously, Jessica Hall is going to have to face Ali Ostrander from Boise State. Uh, mm-hmm. She's just all around solid runner, cross, been running really well cross country, steeplechase outdoors. Just Ali Ostrander is definitely going to be up there with Jess. But yeah, I've, as we kind of look at the Colas predictor, um, obviously for nationals out of West regionals, you top two teams in each region automatically qualify, um, and then we have a lot of at large bids from there. Um, kind of just keeping the focus on that West region because most of the Pac-12 schools fall under there. Um, I see Stanford and then UW vying. According to the Stride Report, uh, they've got the Colas predictor right now. They have UW coming in with an at-large bid to get in. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to see. But do you think that the Pac-12 affair is going to... The performance at Pac-12s is really going to be indicative of the success at West regionals? Well, that's a tough question. In in the past, it it hasn't really mattered that much. I mean, you always want to race well against tough competition; it just looks good. But again, you know, a few years ago, Oregon didn't do that well in the West region. They they barely got in and ended up winning the national championship That's by true. a point. <laughs> so the Pac-12 is while it is good, the women are putting their foot down this early. It you never really know. Mm. You, you never really know. So. Better to just get the automatic qualifier in. Absolutely. So do, we're going to make the prediction right now. Do you think the Oregon women are going to get one of those top two auto spots? I do. I do think that. Yeah. And Boise State will be right there. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So definitely it's going to be exciting to see what the women do come Friday. Let's turn over to the men's side. The men's side has been not quite as 
solid as the women's hasn't really shown in the spotlight as much. And so I think the biggest thing with the Oregon men is just that there's just a lot of question marks, I think. I don't think it has anything to do with the coach, and I think Ben Thomas is doing a good job of building his runners up. I know this year that the both the men and the women, but they uh, they had a, they started a week later than typical, and I think the men, it sounds like they've been doing a lot more high mileage uh, running, so that takes a, long, a longer time to adjust. As it sits right now, uh, the men are seventh in the coaches' poll at Pac-12s. They did not run quite as well uh, as they had hoped. They finished... And I believe it was sixth. Don't quote me on that quite yet. I'm getting it up. Fourth. They finished fourth at Pac-12s. So, and there was, obviously, they, they finished decently strong. They had uh, their sixth. So they had Cooper Tier coming at sixth. Messler, Jackson Messler, really showed up, finished 12th for them. Uh, Charlie Hunter, freshman, finishing 16th. And then there was a really big gap to 30, 31, 32 with James West, Levi, Tomit, and Reed Brown. Uh, so that, that gap is pretty spread out. Um, so, and an interesting, Blake Haney, Everyone's been tagging him as the, as the lead guy. He's he's the vet. He's been around for quite a while. Uh, he finished 42nd, so he wasn't even in that top five for Oregon. So when you look at this men's team, uh, what do you think are the biggest challenges that they face, and where do you think they really need to really need to step it up? Well, the thing a lot of people who aren't serious followers of the sport is that uh, when they're doing these uh, West regional and national races, they move up to 10K, That's true. Not, no longer 8K. So... It sounds like the team's been getting a lot more distance in uh, this season, like doing double runs and stuff like that, running twice a day. Um, and so that that's that's tough for any team to, to do. So I think that is one factor. And then, yeah, getting getting speed up front is so important. I think Cooper, Cooper Deer really has an opportunity to go step up and race fast. And again, Jackson as well. I, I feel like Jackson is due for a, a breakout, a race on, on the national stage. And it's funny because I already thought that Jackson's performance at Pac-12s was a breakout performance for him. I mean, he's been consistently running around the Oregon's fourth, fifth runner uh, this year. And it was a really big performance. It finished second for the team, 12th in the pack. Like, that's a, the Pac-12 is very competitive. I mean, in football, we say this all the time. The Pac-12 constantly shoots himself in the feet because their competition, we're, we always compete well. And the same thing goes in, in cross country, I would say, where the Pac-12 is so deep. Uh, you never know who can make a run, and it seems like that the Pac-12 always has consistent podium finishers. So Messler finishing 12th in the pack, that was very impressive, and that was a big run for him. So um, I definitely think he is he is going to be the key for them, um, obviously with experience from Blake Haney and people like that, like stepping up a little bit. I think that's going to be um, a big move, but the men I think definitely have have a lot of a big, more of an uphill battle than the uh, Oregon women do. As, the, as we look at the stride report, they they are definitely outside of that top two auto spots. Um, and according to the stride report, they, they are even, Oregon's even a push team. Uh, they need to get pushed in by Washington State in order for both Washington State and Oregon to make it out of that West region. So the Coloss points, obviously, they, they you can't really, predictions are so hard because it's based off of what teams run where and who beats what at what, who beats what team at what meet. There's a lot of factors involved, but I think Oregon getting being pushed in just really speaks to what they how far they've kind of fallen. So I think it's definitely going to be a more of a, a longer battle for Ben Thomas. I'm excited to see what they do for track season because um, it sounds like Ben's got a good track mind. But for cross country, it's definitely been uh, it's been a little bit more of a struggle. 
August, what do you think? Do you think that the Oregon men are going to be able to to get to nationals okay out of this? Like, where do you see them perform? How do you see them performing? I do think they will get to nationals, but it's going to be it's going to be close. It's going to be by the by the skin of their teeth. You know, like you said, you you need that depth throughout those four through five guys. Cooper will probably be up front, but um, Pac-12 freshman of the year, Charlie Hunter. Uh, that's it's it'll be good for him to get that experience that experience on uh, the national stage. Absolutely. And it was it was interesting to see Oregon this year. So it's been notorious for both men and women, for, I feel like for cross country, but also track specifically, where Oregon, Oregon is known for doing as little as humanly possible to get all of their runners to qualify. If you look at, historically at the Edward Cheserek years where they would go to Stanford or Peyton Jordan and run them in the 10K, like the like featured 10K with all the top runners, and then they would just... Jog. They'd basically do. They'd jog it. They'd do the workout, and they'd just get the time that they felt they needed to get to West Regionals, like. And then they would start trying once West Regionals rolled around. Um, and I think the same thing really showed this year for cross country. Obviously, a little bit of getting the new coaching might have been a factor as well. But they only raced two races uh, before they went to pre nats, and they were very small Oregon home meets. I mean, the Oregon XC preview on pre's trail. Um, I think the only team. Of real substance there was Portland, and Portland probably ran their second or third squad. And then if you look at the Dellinger, they, there was not a lot of top competition there that year. So it wasn't really until pre-Nats that they really kind of showed up. It's been an interesting uh, year for them. But I, I mean, definitely think the Oregon men, I think they'll, yeah, like you said, skin to their teeth. I think they'll barely get in. I think just the, their experience alone, Cooper Tier, I think is going to have to have a really good race for them. Jackson hopefully stepping up again will be will be big. But I think the Oregon men, Hopefully we'll get in. I'm still a little optimist. I'm still not as optimistic in them, but obviously, hopefully they can they can really show up and prove why they wear the O on their chest, uh, the the fabled O, the Oregon Track Time USA, right? I mean, everyone knows this is the track school, running school. So hopefully they can really show up. But I mean, I think that just about wraps it up. I mean, for come Friday, West Regionals down in Sacramento. I believe the conditions are going to be pretty decent. I don't think rain is in the forecast quite yet, but obviously it's still a little far out, so it's hard to say. But looks like good conditions um, and good competition, and I'm interested to see um, what comes in. Hopefully after after West Regionals, we'll have another podcast for you previewing nationals, and uh should be a lot of cool content coming out around cross-country. So we'll keep you in the loop. Uh, August, any parting thoughts? I'm excited to see this. This is what it's all about. This is, this is the playoffs, baby. <laughs> playoffs. Exactly. This is the time to shine. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you, August Howell, for being on the podcast with me. It was, it was, it was a ride, and uh, I'm excited to see what, what comes. So I, I'm Jake Willard. I'm August Howell. And we're signing off from the Emerald Podcast Network. Today, we talked about the Oregon men's and women's cross-country teams. And I'm August Howell, a sports reporter for the Daily Emerald. To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Leave us a comment on SoundCloud or email us at podcast at dailyemerald.com. Thank you for listening.